truth. We remember that our Lord Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And separately, he talked about the spirit of truth who would teach us all things. Now, teach us, please. Holy Spirit, today, we pray. Amen. We celebrate on Pentecost Sunday the coming of the Holy Spirit, 50 days, which is why it's Pentecost, it's 50, after Jesus was raised from the dead, and 10 days after he left the disciples on the Mount of Olives, he descended from them and told them to wait in Jerusalem until they received the Holy Spirit. Let's just remind ourselves of those scriptures. Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole place where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, little flames of fire. And one sat upon each of them. Every single person in that room had a flame of fire sitting above them. I just want to make that clear. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, that's other languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Almost every movie or mini video or mini-movie I've come across to, that celebrates Pentecost Sunday emphasizes the rushing wind that was heard and the flames of fire that was seen and the unlearned languages that the disciples spoke out in prayer and praise and prophesying. The fire particularly catches the attention of most people. But whilst all of those phenomena were signs and evidences of the coming of the Holy Spirit, we don't read in the rest of the book of Acts any more visible visible flames of fire, nor that the wind ever rushed in again. However, in Acts 4, when they were under pressure from the authorities, and they were praying that God would really help them and strengthen them, the, the place where they were, were gathered and praying was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and went out preaching the word with boldness again. It seems to me the fire and the wind were signs for that day, particularly. The fire is a symbol of God's holiness. It has to do with cleansing or judgment. And nothing really to do with equipping, as some people fear. Send the fire, send the fire. Well, part of that song is very good because it talks about cleansing. The other part talks about equipping. It's missing the point there. Let me dig back a bit more. Where else do we read of the presence of God on earth rather than in heaven being portrayed by visible fire? I'm just going to pick a couple. Think of Abraham. Abraham was told by God to prepare some sacrificed animals and he laid them out in an avenue and According to the pattern of men, men would walk through the avenue of blood and make a covenant together and say, if I break my word to you, may I be as one of these. Abraham laid out the animals and he waited all day, all evening and night fell. And only when night fell did he see walking towards him through those sacrificed animals what seemed to him to be a smoking oven or a burning torch. The presence of God moved towards Abraham. Moses and the desert saw a burning bush, but then he realized that the bush wasn't getting burned, which is rather strange, don't you think? So he went over to have a look at it, and as he approached, God said to him, take your shoes off your feet, this is holy ground. Then there was the tabernacle, I'll give you a couple of pictures here. Inside the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant, and on top of the Ark of the Covenant were two cherubim figures, wings outstretched towards one another, and we are told, not by scripture so much as by, 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 by legend and, and, and rabbinical tradition, that between those two cherubim's wings, there was a shining, glowing, fiery symbol of the presence of God. In fact, 
the rabbis say that it was just like what Abraham saw. It had smoke and fire combined in it. But over the tabernacle in which that ark was, there was a pillar which looked in the daytime as cloud of fire, but at the nighttime, when night fell, it was a cloud of fire. You could see the fire that in the daytime was concealed by the cloud, by the fire, by the smoke. The fire which appeared on the day of Pentecost, and I've used this picture because most pictures of the day of Pentecost, there were a couple of old guys with beards looking very glum with burning, with their heads on fire, you know. They are just dreadful portraits. This, I think, is a bit of fun because it's got, you know, men and women, different races and people. The fire which appeared on the day of Pentecost was a sign of the passing of the old covenant and the transition to the new. Under the old covenant, think of, 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 the, of that time in the tabernacle, seeing the Shekinah, the presence of God there above the cherubim. Only Moses and the high priest, on occasions, could witness God's presence there. But on Pentecost, the fire of the Holy One came upon every single one of them. Male and female. There was no special or anointed person in the room. They all were. What was once the exceptional experience of God's presence, granted to very few, was now opened to all believers. As the exalted Messiah Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit upon his people as he had said. And the wind, of course, also is a symbol of God's presence. Invisible, Powerful, unpredictable, but it's also specifically a symbol of the Holy Spirit because spirit and wind are the same word in the Hebrew. Jesus drew that analogy in John 3. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, humanity, is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit, capital S, is spirit. Do not marvel, I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. That doesn't mean you blow around all over the place however you wish to. It means that the Holy Spirit gives life to whoever he wishes to. All right? That, it, it just happened. God does it by his Spirit. Speaking in tongues and prophesying continue to this day as signs. But of what? Rather, of whom they are signs of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one, three persons in one Godhead. The Holy Spirit is in every way God, just as the Father is God and the Son is God. They are each eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, ever-present, holy, good, and true. The Holy Spirit is a divine person, not a power. And I'm saddened that Pentecostals and Paramatics in particular developed a jargon which kind of runs against their strong doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We have a pretty lazy way of talking about it. We've developed a whole jargon about things the Holy Spirit does that don't really honor Him. Just as faith should always be understood as faith towards God, through Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. So words like anointing and power and blessing need to have of the Holy Spirit attached to them. See, what is anointing? It's the equipping presence of the Holy Spirit. He's at work. It's not a something. 
In fact, let me just put this to you. The Holy Spirit is not a something. He is eternal, almighty, all holy, someone. He's a divine person. To understand a few things about the Holy Spirit, let's go to the Lord Jesus. Jesus taught us about the Lord Jesus. He was telling his disciples he was going away. He'd be told them he would send someone to be with them in his place, not another man, but the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read these scriptures through to you. John, starting in John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. By which this means, I will come to you by the Holy Spirit. John 14, 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 15, 26. But the Helper... When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Remember, Jesus testified of the Father. The Holy Spirit will testify of the Son. And you also will bear witness, boy, you have been with me from the beginning. John 16. Longer chunky. Now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, <laughs> but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore I said to you that he will take of mine and declare it to you. A little while and you'll not see me. And again a little while and you will see me. Because I go to the Father. The Lord Jesus presented this case to the disciples. It was for their good that he was going away. Now, he doesn't talk here about the other things, which is also true, but obvious, really. He was going away to the cross to purchase their freedom from sin and death. He was going to be laid in the tomb. He was going to the Father to rule over them from heaven with all authority. And he was going away so that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them. Our Lord Jesus reigns in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is sent from him to be with us and in us. He is now God with us. Emmanuel. Now think about it. Whilst the Lord Jesus is with the disciples on the road or sitting in a house or teaching and speaking in the synagogue or the temple, he was in that one place with just those people. But having ascended to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus is able by the Spirit to be with every person, everywhere, all of the time. 
So, people in Kenya, you can say today, the Lord was with us, and we can say the Lord was with us. And it's absolutely true, because the Holy Spirit is with us. Whoever, whoever you are, wherever you are, where, whenever you are, Jesus can be with you through the Holy Spirit. Thing two, if Jesus had not sent the Holy Spirit, we would only have a second-hand, third-hand, multi-multi-multi-hand knowledge of Jesus. Something that had been passed on orally or in, or, in, or in writing. And we'd say, well, we've got to do our best to figure out what this is and get to know Jesus the best way we can. But the Holy Spirit takes what belongs to Jesus and reveals them to us. Shows us Him. Teaches us about Him. Of course He does it through Scripture. Of course He does. But He makes it alive to us. So we, re we realize we're dealing with a living person. Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus must never be a tradition, a custom, or a cultural identity. It must be a personal encounter and experience. If any of you are still using the old King James Version, you'll see the name Comforted. That was in one of our songs earlier, in those texts from John's Gospel. English has changed a great deal since the first English version of the Bible translated and printed, starting in the late 1500s, 1300s even. When the King James was produced in 1611, and by the way, the version that we call the King James now isn't. That's from the 1700s. It was a, it was a revision of the 1600s. Um, some of the words were, were already old and quaint when the KJV was put together in the 1600s. They were already old-fashioned words. And one of them was this word comforter. Comforter, old English word, comes from Latin and then maybe Italian, and it means to strengthen. On music manuscripts to this day, there's an instruction to the musicians. They're playing like this and like this. And then it says on the music, conforte. And they go. It means play with strength. Play this like you mean it. You know? Be strengthened. The Holy Spirit is the one who strengthens us. The Holy Spirit doesn't lay you down on a feather bed. He stands you on your feet and gives you strength to get on moving again. That's what the word means. But we need to understand, take modern words to translate that word which is represented there, the Greek word parakletos. The best alternatives are these, counselor, advocate, and helper. Counselor. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He brings to us the truth of God, the wisdom of God, his counsel. He leads us, guides us, warns us, corrects us. He, he will, if we give our time and focus to reading the scriptures, he will remind us of those scriptures when we need to remember them. He'll bring them back into our minds. But bear in mind this, the Holy Spirit will never contradict or supersede Scripture because that is also His Word. It's written as inspired by the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah's day, there were people consulting mediums and other messengers looking for, you know, astrology without, without the stars and all that kind of nonsense and soothsaying. And the word of the Lord to them was this, to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. That principle applies to this day. If what some prophet or preacher, male or female, doesn't matter who they are, how big a name they've got, is saying something which is not according to Scripture, or they're twisting Scripture or superseding or overtaking Scripture, Treat that messenger as one to be disregarded and rejected. Please. Prophesying does not trump Scripture. Scripture tests prophesying. The Holy Spirit who inspired Scripture will always speak and counsel in agreement with the Scriptures. It is His Word. He's our advocate. He speaks for us. 
Paul in his letter to the Romans explores this whole theme, Romans 5, 6, and so The Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God and knows us completely makes intercession. He's a go-between, transferring prayer and information about us to the Father and the Father to us and so on. He helps us to pray. That's interesting, the word advocate. In our legal system, often the same person who will stand up and speak for you in a court of law will also be the person who prepares and rehearses you so that when you have to speak, you know what what you're doing. There's 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 a helping you to speak too. While we are not appearing in a court of law when we pray, all right, you can dismiss that thought. But when we pray, we are being helped by the praying spirit. Our advocate. John also calls the Lord Jesus our advocate, the one who prays to the Father for us. The Lord Jesus speaks for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us and through us. How much help is that? Well, how much do you need? In every way, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Seems like a small word, seems like a like 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 too small a word, but you know, the Old Testament has a number of places where it says in Psalms and so on, the Lord is my helper. The Holy Spirit awakens us, inspires us, strengthens us, equips us, empowers us. There's no particular order there. It doesn't start when we believe. He's at work in us to bring us to believe and to repent. That's what the Lord Jesus was telling us in John 3. The Holy Spirit was at work in you. You were born of the Spirit. The Spirit wrapped around you and was working in you and on you. And suddenly, out popped a Christian believer. Wow. A new saint. It doesn't start when we believe. When we were dead, God made us alive by the Holy Spirit. When we were blind to the truth of God, the Holy Spirit gave, gave us eyes to see. When we were deaf to God's voice, the Holy Spirit made us to hear. Having made us alive to God's fruit of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit continues to be the life-giving Spirit, our helper. We are called, therefore, to life in the Spirit. The life of faith is life in the Spirit. Let me describe the wrong way and the right way to understand this life in the Spirit. The wrong way is this one. Here am I, getting on with what I want to do, following whatever my thoughts and appetites dictate, and every now and again I need some help from God. Generally because I'm not getting what I want or I'm not getting what I want to happen. That's the wrong way. The right way is, here am I, setting my focus on what pleases the Lord, seeking to do His will, seeking His kingdom and righteousness, and the Holy Spirit is leading me and equipping me to fill all the will the Lord has prepared for me and wants to give to me. And all of this is for God's glory, for my own good and for the good of others. Those are two very different ways of life, aren't they? The first wants God's help when it suits me, when I when I run out of energy, when I run out of ideas, when I can't do something in my own resources. The second says this, I'm no good without God's help. And I need help from the Holy Spirit. By the way, many times Pentecostal, sorry, Charismatics particularly talk about spirit. They meet, it's not our spirit, it's not your spirit, it's the Holy Spirit. The spirit you need is not within you or other than the Holy Spirit is within you. The main point I'm making today is this. Pentecost Sunday reminds us that the sending, the coming, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus 
We can remember and celebrate that day, but we can't go back to that day. And I'm not going to take anybody as a mandate to say, we want the same fire, we want the same wind all over again. Because it was a, it was a dramatic occurrence that marked a transition in the history of God and his people. But since that day, the promise is still true. Everyone who believes may receive the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Spirit and know His empowering, inspiring, and equipping presence in them and with them. By the help of the Spirit, we can speak with other tongues or prophesy as He inspires us, but He is greater than His gifts, good as they are. And there are things that Jesus has told us there in John's Gospel, which are not just about particular gifts the Holy Spirit gives on occasions for you to be able to help and encourage others, but things that will, that will equip you to get life done every day, every moment. In the teaching of the Lord Jesus, the, he says this, Jesus sent the Spirit to be with us. His promise, the Lord Jesus' promise, I am with you to the end of the age, is fulfilled by the Holy Spirit being with us. Jesus sent the Spirit to teach us, to lead us into all the truth. Not just theory. You might think I'm a bit of a theologian, but you know what? I get really bored reading just straight theology. If he doesn't preach to me, if I don't feel some encounter with God and Christ in it, then, then it's, just, it's just words. It's truth applied, truth that changes you, that catches your attention, that makes you think about greater things than what shall I eat, what shall I drink, and which, where shall I, you know, all rest of it. Truth applied that changes, that causes us to grow and to mature in Christ. The Holy Spirit will lead you into, so it becomes your part of your lifestyle, this truth of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit, the, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to show us himself, to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit fully represents Jesus to us just as Jesus fully represented the Father to us. And whatever people call the work of the Spirit, let me give you a clue here. If it doesn't glorify Jesus, it may not be. It just may not be. Who's this glorifying? I read this morning again, Psalm 115. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to convict the world. Let me just make a comment upon that. I know my time's going. It is not your job or my job to criticize and condemn the unbelieving world. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to convince the world about things that connect to Jesus. Sin, righteousness, and judgment, and all those three were connected to Jesus. Of course, he will use our witness but our witness is both words and example. Notice that the mission of God is not yet to condemn the world. That day is coming, the end of the age, the day of judgment. But in this fallen evil age, it is yet at the same time the age of grace, when God is bringing people to himself through his Son. And the work of bringing people to Christ is the work of the Spirit, using us as best he finds our help to stand with him. Conviction, not condemnation, is the work of the Spirit until the end of the age. Finally, to receive or be baptized with or to be filled with the Holy Spirit is, first of all, an initial experience of Him that opens up a new way of life in Him and with Him. 
Scripture teaches us to go on being filled with the Spirit and to live all of life as under the guidance and help of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Ephesians 5 and 6 is a whole little mini-sermon on life in the Spirit. It starts with be filled with the Spirit and speak in worship and prayer and thanksgiving. Then it goes to Christian marriage. Then it goes to Christian parents and children. Then it talks about Christian employees and employers. Then it talks about the Christian warfare and the difficulties of life and the armor of God. And then it goes to prayer again. All of that is life in the Spirit. The whole deal. No pick and mix. The Christian household, the Christian family is just as much to be inspired and governed by the Holy Spirit as when you're on your knees speaking in tongues or something. The, word of our, the work of our Savior redeeming us was completed on the cross. But the Holy Spirit is everything to us now that Jesus is now to us. The work of salvation redemption is being applied, worked out in us through the Holy Spirit. He presents and represents Jesus to us. He speaks to us on Christ's behalf. He teaches and trains us. He strengthens us, challenges us, corrects us. He forms the character and ways of Jesus in us. Christian, does life in the Spirit summarize how you're living? Many of us, most of us have got a computer or a smartphone. Do you know every now and again you've got to restart it? The, the memory gets kind of confused and, you know, just needs a restart, reboot. I want to suggest something. Some of us here today need a reboot. We need to go, get you all that, start again. All right? The Lord Jesus is ready to hear and answer us today if we say, I, okay, I've, I've, I've lost it here. I'm not, I, I, I've forgotten I've forgotten the, the big stuff. I've forgotten the important stuff again. Just ask him to get you back on track today, please. But for others here, is this all completely new to you? You think, well, I'm understanding some of those words, David, but I don't get much of it. Well, listen, the gospel invites every person to come to Jesus and through him to be accepted, forgiven, and adopted by the Father. And as you then register your commitment to Christ and your, 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 your belief in Him through baptism in water, to also then to receive the Holy Spirit to be with you, to help you, to lead you, and to teach you, to equip you to be a Christian 24-7. Every one of us, that is the invitation. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you need to think about that, or are you up for it today? Can I show you this video before we pray, and then we break bread? I think this video kind of sums up some of what I'm going to say. John 14, just the scriptures in John 14 are represented in this video. Thank you. Got to read the words. Let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And now you will do the things I have done. And even greater works than these. 
because God will send a helper. The spirit of truth. Who will teach you all things. And help you remember all I have said. The world doesn't see him. The world does not know him. But you, my disciples, know him. For he dwells within you. Please take a moment where you are to pray. And tell the Lord what response you want to make to him today. Now, I'm, you might think that was a bit cheeky, reboot, restart. Well, okay. But if that's what you feel, then make it your prayer. For others of us, we, the Holy Spirit is the most neglected member of the Trinity the one we kind of tend to ignore. And yet we depend upon him for every moment of our lives to deliver to us what all heaven wants for us in that moment. And if you need to give your life to Jesus today and begin this journey of faith, part of which is that you will receive the Holy Spirit, that's the promise. Then say to the Lord Jesus right now, let me start today, please, Lord Jesus, knowing you and following you. And please give me your Holy Spirit to guide me and help me and strengthen me. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you for all that you do for us, all that you are to us. We thank you. You so wonderfully represent Jesus to us that we're thanking him sometimes. We should be thanking you too. We submit our lives again under the hand of God to be the children of God led by the Spirit. It's what marks us out from other people on the earth. We are not merely human. We, are, we have God living in us, and God teaching us and God strengthening us and helping us through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Let's take...